programming, learning, sharpening skills, working on brand with local radio. Today's guest will take us now keep up because this is stressful. Buffalo, New York, Raleigh, North Carolina, Jacksonville, Florida. That's it. We're going to talk about that, too. By the way, you, you might say that he could be accused of working his way south. He's never said it to me, but eh, it looks that way. I'm just saying we will find out about his experience, his ambition and how he sees radio today. By the way, I talked with a number of people who work with today's guest. Their word for him. Creative. This sounds like exactly the kind of person that we really like to talk to on our podcast. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Our goal is always to encourage radio pros at all levels. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you know that we drop a fresh weekly episode featuring a radio pro working right now in radio. We do this every Sunday. To enjoy our podcast, you only have to be interested in others and be open to encouragement, advice, connections, tools to get ahead, and ways to make your radio career more profitable and successful. Each week, we have an opportunity to get a snapshot of an individual in our business right now. This is not about somebody's retired or somebody. Okay, this is now. It allows us to see radio from a different perspective, a different career arc than maybe yours. Hear how they're embracing radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, or what we call ourselves, R-E-C. Everyone knows that every programming consultant focuses on music, talent coaching, and marketing, except one. The one works on music, talent coaching, and marketing. And we also help local radio clients leverage those improvements to get more sales and to grow bigger revenue. Revenue growth. Even our name means pathway to money. When we go to work, for a client and they follow our collaborative process and strategy, their revenue and profit margin rises. Ideas are the new technology. Where do ideas come from for you? Are your local radio stations programmed and positioned to collect the most revenue today in your local market? Do you need better sales recruitment strategy? We can help you schedule a meetup by email. It's easy. First consultation is free and highly confidential. F-O-R-D at BrainMakerPathway.com. Look, we're just about a minute away from welcoming Judd Eisler. He is the director of programming and I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Let, let's back that up. Director of branding and programming, W-A-P-E. W-E-Z-I, Jacksonville, Florida. I'll get some coaching, by the way, from Judd a little bit later about how to say that correctly. A big thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which is made available minutes after we record this live interview. We share it on our social media. That's why a lot of people come in contact with us first that way, and then they find out, oh, my God, they've got 140 plus episodes. They're all waiting for you if you've not subscribed, by the way. Thanks to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. By the way, see what you can get for free 
from our team in our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com, including our encouraging sales success series and our more than live and local series. Now, let's see what we can learn from this week's guest. Judd, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Dude, I've been looking forward to doing this since we interviewed somebody on your team and they just started talking about you. And it was like, oh, my God, I want to meet this guy. You know, I thought you've been around for 100 years based on all the wisdom that was shared. And then I talked to other people who work around you. And guess what? They all talk about you like this. But look, let's talk about you as a kid. Mm -hmm. Where are you from? Uh, Born and raised in Buffalo, New York. Does that mean you're a Buffalo Bills fan? I am a Buffalo Bills fan. I'm glad that we're recording now. The Bills play later on this afternoon. So didn't have to, uh, you know, split screen the interview with the game. Oh, that's all right. My wife and I'll be watching that game too. So we get it. <laughs> uh, uh, what's your What's your hope for today's game? By the way, uh, a win for sure. If it doesn't, if a win doesn't happen today, I'm not sure the season's going to mean much after this. So uh, I'd love a win to at least keep it interesting for the rest of the uh, uh, four weeks left. Oh, so uh, growing up in Buffalo had to be really interesting but look most of the time you meet somebody in the radio business you ask them about their biggest job like so let's, you know like tell me about this right we kind of like to start before all that can you remember your first experience as a radio listener with a, a local radio station buffalo yeah so uh it was a wksd it's 98.5 in buffalo um i grew up listening to them and and all the jocks there and and Spent a ton of time, you know, as that 90s kid, early 2000s, uh, recording the radio, listening to the countdowns. I remember the the uh, Kiss 10 of 10 and, you know, tracking the songs and being sort of that music nerd. Um, but the biggest sort of profound moment uh, was uh, Janet and Nick, who are the morning show, still there to this day. Uh, they did a contest. I think I was in sixth or seventh grade. Uh, and it was a take your kid to uh, to work contest. Uh, and I called in and won and got to go into the radio station and be on the radio uh, and uh, all that stuff. And it was it was so fun um, to be there. And that was like the bug I caught to, um, you know, this is so cool. This having a microphone in my hand, this is awesome. And, and that kind of started it all. So it just exploded for you right then. Yeah, I was always into I was always chatty. My mom you know, used to tell me, you know, as a kid, I'd go to the playground and before she even got there, I told like strangers, like where we lived and all about our lives. And also like, I've always had the gift of like chatting and talking and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, when that happened and seeing, you know, this is a job and this is cool. I can hold the microphone and I could do all this stuff. Um, that was like the bug that I was like, okay, I don't know if, you know, I didn't know, I guess then like radio was the thing, but I was like, okay, I want to be in media doing something. Uh, and that blossomed into, you know, being a part of the camp, the TV station in middle school and then in high school, you know, be taking media classes and doing the club. And then in college, getting involved in the uh, campus radio station, which is where right. it really sort of All set. That's a lot of interesting information. I did not <laughs> know the TV part. Uh, yep. I know some of it, of course. Let's talk about that first radio job. Where was it? How did you find out about it? And who hired you, Judge? 
So, I mean, the, the first unpaid radio job was working at, at SUNY Fraternity's campus radio station doing that. But the first paid job, uh, Sue O'Neill uh, at WKSD in Buffalo uh, nice. hired me. I was an intern. Uh, I interned with the promotions department the summer between my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, and so I did like the radio internship. I was a dual major in college, TV, film and audio radio. So the next mm -hmm. summer I was going to go do a TV internship. Uh, and Sue called me and said, hey, I remember you from last summer. Do you want to come back and be a programming, my programming intern this summer? And so I figured, well, if she's calling, I better go take that internship. I got, you know, other time to do this TV internship. Um, and so I went with the intern that summer. And then Sue ended up hiring me uh, to work three. All she could get from the, the company at the time was three hours a week at $7.25 an hour to just do whatever. Um, and so I was carting CDs and printing stuff and uploading photos and doing whatever. But the whole time I was taking my, just the act as I had in the station to make air checks and get with Sue. And it's like, here's another air check, fake air check, college air check didn't matter. I was like, you know, let's coach me, coach me, coach me, coach, coach me. And then it was a uh, Halloween of 2011 uh, oh. that no one wanted to work. It was a Sunday night, seven to midnight. And she said, uh, you're going to be on, don't mess it up. <laughs> Great words from radio. Don't yeah. mess it up. I think the so words like, were a little yeah. bit more colorful than that, but that was the job. That was the gist oh. of it. <laughs> well, this is a podcast version. Yes. There, so there's another. We all know what those words are, by the way. Yeah. We've all used them, unfortunately. All right. So look, you mentioned this, but you attended State University of New York, your degree of Bachelor of Science in audio slash radio production and TV slash film, can you tell us what you wanted to get out of that experience? And also, man, were you headed toward a specific job in radio? So when I first started, uh, so Fredonia didn't offer a broadcasting degree. So they had audio radio as a degree and TV film as a degree. So I actually entered in as a TV film major because that's what I had done through like high school with media classes and stuff like that. So I thought I was going to go and do TV news or movies or something film related. Mm -hmm. um, and in that first semester, I got on with the campus radio station and got a show. And I was like, this is, you know, that sort of like reignited that passion on the radio side. And so after my first semester, I picked up the second major of audio radio. Um, and basically from that first year on, um, I kept both majors, but it was like 90% radio, uh, like everything shifted from that moment on because um, the film part was fun. The radio part was amazing. Um, and that's where the passion really, you know, went. And then I started getting, you know, success and got hired. And it was, you know, it really sort of hit that passion point for me. And I wanted mm -hmm. to keep the TV film stuff because I wanted to have that. And I, and I even back then knew that at some point, you know, we were, radio is audio, but really it's content. And this would be a really helpful thing to still have all this TV film editing background. Um, and then in the mix of that, all, I also picked up a minor in criminal justice, because why not? Um, and I didn't uh, know that about you. All <laughs> of your talent should be thinking about that. Right? Your talent coaching? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I love working with uh, young talent now, and I, I make a huge part of my time to go back and talk to students. So I, I've spoken at three or four different 
college right. and high school conferences this year. I try to I go back to the senior program usually virtually and talk. I talk at career days. I you know the biggest message I always tell young talent or people who want to come to this uh, business is diversify. And and that even works for people who aren't like coming up in radio. I always tell the kids in college like you know whatever your passion is you know, get involved in something like that. If you want to go be a vet, you better be in the vet tech program and get involved and do all these things because that's truly how I believe I was able to ascend as fast as I did and learn as fast as I did. Uh, it's because I went and did, you know, I, I did the college classes and I got the degree and I got the diploma mostly for my parents. Um, but, you know, I lived in that campus radio station and I, you know, yes, I was getting paid for three hours a week uh, when I first started, but I was doing way more than that just to get involved and learn and get to the reps and, uh, be that sponge to learn from everybody. Well, you you read about these, uh, you read about or you see, since we talked about football already once, uh, and I'm remorseful when football leaves and it's about to leave shortly. So mm -hmm. I got to get, I got to get my reps in, right? So you hear them talk about quarterbacks and reps and how important it is. And so this is something that you believed early on, right? Yeah, no, it's practice. And it's funny, I, um, just got a new car a couple of weeks ago and I found an old air check from like nine years ago in my car. I was cleaning it out and I listened to it and I was like, oh man, I can't believe that somebody put me on the air all those years ago. Years ago I'm like air checking myself from, you know, almost a decade ago. But yeah, it was all about reps. And I, you know, I hosted in the campus station, you know, I hosted the news broadcast and I did my music show and I did the morning show and I ended up becoming uh, the PD of the campus station there for two years and then the GM there. Um, but, you know, just getting and doing and getting your hands in and, and, you know, making sure that you are really into and like what, you know, you want to turn a career into, um, yeah. but also getting that practice. Cause I knew back then that I wasn't going to get necessarily that shot to like jump on the air immediately. Cause even then it was starting to trend that way. You know, there's no overnight positions. Um, right. but I knew if I could practice and show that, you know, there's enough here that you can take a chance on me and we can continue to coach. Um, you know, I just want to be able to prove that. Nice. Listen, uh, you know, when we look through all these things in Buffalo, when you went to work in Buffalo at KISS 98.5, could you have predicted that you would work your way up as much as you did? In other words, was it just your goal to dig in? It sounds like it was. It, that was the initial goal. When I got that internship and then ended up getting hired, the whole goal was just like wedge my foot in that door and then be that sort of like yes person available. I remember as an intern, you know, Valentine's Day, they needed somebody to dress up as Cupid in Buffalo and have February and go stand out and hand out roses. I was like, me, I'm right here. Let's go. Um, you know, all, all the things just to get out and do. And, and it, for me, it was so cool, you know, growing up, idolizing these jocks and uh the station to then you know janet nick in the morning and dj anthony who did nights uh had been there as long as i was a radio listener uh and then when they ended up hiring me i was a uh, senior in college i had 12 weeks left uh and the afternoon drive person left they offered me the job interim to do afternoon drive and the music director 12 weeks left uh in my senior year in college and i just remember that surreal moment it's like i am sandwiched between these two, you know, groups of jocks that I grew up listening to. And like, how flipping cool is that, that I get yeah. to be on my hometown station as my first job on like this monster of a behemoth station in Buffalo that, you know, is in Buffalo, but also can be heard clear as day in Toronto, Canada, um, yeah. and everywhere in between. And there's, you know, this, you know, the legendary WKSE, that was my first job. I get to crack the mic on this, you know, every day 
doing PM drive and also be the music director. It was like, it was so amazingly cool. Now, here's what's interesting about you. We've had this conversation up to this point. Okay. And what are you talking about? You're talking about your admiration for these personalities, this personality, that morning show, this night guy. Did you want to, now here's where I get you. Did you want to be a programmer right out of the gate or did you learn that this was a path for you? I learned, absolutely learned it. I, I thought that I was going to be sort of that jock on air talent. And then when I spent the time and I'm so thankful for Sue O'Neill for teaching me so much um, and, and a lot of other people, I'm sure we'll talk about it as we kind of go on, but, you know, mm-hmm. really learned the, the science, you know, the science mixed with the creativity that comes into programming. Um, right. That became really cool. And, you know, building the playlist and the writing of the imaging and all these different things um, really, you know, caught on. I was like, this is cool. And, you know, thankfully I was pretty decent at it, you know, instinctively and was able to grow skills and have somebody coach me uh, that, you know, became when I was like, yeah, programming is definitely the, the angle and, and everything. Nice. Listen, so after almost nine years in Buffalo, you found yourself going to work for Curtis Media Group. Uh, a lot of people, I, mean, I guess some people know them. If they run into their sphere of influence, some very shrewd, smart people. Tell us about Pulse FM and Star 92.9. So um, Curtis hired me, Lisa McKay, the late Lisa McKay, who um, mm. was an amazing mentor when I was there for my first year before she passed, uh, reached out to me about this job. And I initially turned it down because I, I wasn't looking for it. And then she called me back a couple weeks later and really wanted to have a conversation about it. And I talked about it and I went down and visited the station then. And I was like, this is really cool. And for me, you know, I was APD, MD and doing afternoon drive. I was like, this is an opportunity to grow in market to a PD and a PPM market coming from Buffalo. I was like, this is kind of a dream to be able to make this yeah. jump into a big, you know, big, large market in PPM and become have my first true real PD title gig. Um, and that was awesome. And, and Curtis is really cool. You know, it's, it's funny working from Entercom at the time and then Curtis and the Cox, you know, Curtis is, is small. It, it's small, but big at the same time. Like they're in everywhere. They encompass all of North Carolina, except for the Charlotte market. They're everywhere. Um, and it was cool with Raleigh being sort of the headquarters and uh, Don Curtis, who owns the company. Uh, he was in his, I think his eighties when I was there, he might mm-hmm. still be in his eighties, but you know, he came into work every day. Got to see the owner of the company every day on the third floor of our building. Um, and, you know, being with meetings with him and see all that. And, and it was a large market radio station operated on small market ideas, which was really cool to cut my teeth yes. as a PD there. Um, and, you know, being a big market, it was competitive, you know, facing, you know, the legendary G105 with iHeart and, you know, being sort of this pea shooter station to take, uh, you know, on the big guys um, was cool to be able to do it with local ownership. And then Star 929 uh, is a hot see that I got to launch there when I was there. You know, they, um, Mr. Curtis uh, was a, a lover of buying of translators. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he strung together a couple of those and they, they came to me and they're like, what, what should we do? Um, and so I did a whole like market analysis study for them. We landed on hot AC. Um, which I was happy about because I felt like that they might let me run that, be running the top 40 station. Sure. Uh, and, we, and we ran that. And it was, it was so fun to, you know, take a radio station from concept to launch and 
everything that goes on with that was was really cool. Very exciting. Listen, I'd like to insert a few questions here about social media and production elementation. And you start with the whole film TV thing, and you know, you you alluded to. I knew that this might be important, and so you know, blah 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 blah. In other words. I want to know how today you use those things in your background and and other things to motivate individuals on your team in the area of social media. And how do you like the programming part of your job that is writing and producing radio stations? So on the social media part, it's it's huge. You know, we you know, we still are actually in the radio business, but we're in the content game and and everything that we do can be consumed so many ways now uh, by different people. Um, and so I'm, I'm really big with my, you know, my team and, and everything about, you know, capturing the content that we are doing and, and making that multi-purpose, but also, um, you know, my team hears from me a lot that I really go over a lot of, you know, what is our footprint beyond the dial and how can we use that beyond the dial footprint to bring them back to the dial? Um, yes. because, you know, at the end of the day, um, <laughs> you know, we're still getting graded by, you know, Nielsen, we'll love him or hate him. Um, but, uh, you know, taking these extra tools to bring people back and, you know, I, I we have a new producer uh, on the Dex and Barbie TV morning show that we hired just out of college. And uh, he does all their video producing and stuff like that. And that was a big thing when we were interviewing somebody who, you know, got TikTok and, you know, get. Yeah, they're pretty sharp, pieces. too, by the way. They are super sharp. Um, but, you know, really working on the concept with him, you know, he's like, I want to go viral. I want to go viral. And I go, that'd be really it'd be awesome if we had a video that went a million views, but I'm also happy with a video that gets a thousand views of people here in Jacksonville and may mm. turn somebody back into the radio listener. So yep. talking about like what that win looks like on social media and, and you know, mm-hmm. having, we you know, different types of content. We have content that show what the show is like. And we also have content that, you know, directly are hard pushes to come back to the show or come back to the station. Um, and so, you know, really sort of focusing on all those different tiers of, um, you know, the power that social media has. And then in terms of, you know, writing and producing, you know, radio copy for promotions and sweepers and promos and stuff, love that. Uh, I was yesterday when my uh, daughter was napping, I was writing scripts for our January contest and stuff like that. And, and I'll write, usually I write stuff and then I leave it for a day or two and I come back and then sometimes I write it all over again or tweak a little bit. Um, but I love that my, I think, you know, if, if someone asked me in a, you know, interview, job interview sense, or anything, what's my biggest skill and passion? Um, and I think it's storytelling. I think that's where I really shine. I think, you know, I'm a good talent coach. I think I'm, you know, decent on your talent and pretty, you know, still learning and everything as a programmer. Um, but I think I'm really good at storytelling and painting sort of that audio picture and, and uh, you know, being really creative in terms of getting a message across to the masses. Um, and so I love that part of the job is, you know, how can I take these 20 seconds of audio um, and make that hook that's going to turn mm-hmm. somebody into a, a true listener uh, and get them to come check out what we're doing or, or know what we're doing or, get, you know, get the vibe because, you know, we've got everybody for like seven, eight minutes now. So I only probably got, you know, two chances in there to, to have some sort of effect on you. Um, and so, you know, what, what can I, you know, how can I say something in a way that's going to, yeah, elicit a response. I love that you just said maybe the highest thing you've said so far that's to teach us something. There, I, I told you before this interview, 
I learned something from every episode. I've learned something from everybody. And you just talked about the importance of story. And Lord Almighty, it's so valuable. And I think underrated at radio, how to tell a story, how to tell a story briefly, how to have that emotional impact. I got to ask, John, how do you know? How do you know? I'm not sure I do know. I, I think, no, no, I, no, 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 no. Stay with me. How do you know how to hire the right person? Like, how do you know Dex and Barbie T? How do you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, because that's a you thing, brother. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. And, um, you know, when with Dex and Barbie T, and, and honestly, I found a couple of amazing talents with this. When we knew we were looking for a new morning show, I spent the better part of two months listening to the radio all over, yeah. up and down the coast and checking in the morning shows. And, you know, Dex and Barbie T's employment with WAP started with a direct message to Barbie T on Instagram after I listened to the show one morning. Um, and, and really, I never like, would have guessed it would have started that way, by the way. That's how it started. That's exactly how it started. Um, and I, um, you know, I, I try to step back when I'm, you know, listening to talent, whether it's an air check or, you know, analyzing somebody for a job or anything, um, and remind myself of being that radio listener as a kid, um, and wanting to, you know, feel something. And, and when I, uh, my talent, I don't know if they love or hate this. Um, but my go-to for air checking, we air check, I love coaching talent and we air check a lot of my office. Um, but I am well known for, uh, taking talent out to lunch and air checking in the car. Um, because that's where it's the car, it's the car. That's where our audience is engaging with us mostly. So let's listen back to these, how our listeners are listening to us. Um, and, you know, get that vibe of driving and, you know, having things going around that are distracting while also doing that. And I think that helps coach into um, the storytelling ability. It's because, you know, you remind people that you're driving and there's somebody who's driving terrible to the left of you and you're watching stoplights. And what did they just say on the radio? That was, I don't know. They, there was too many things going on. I didn't miss it. It wasn't poignant enough. Um, so I, I do that a lot with, uh, with talent. And so I, I did that a lot finding Dex of RBT and, and other people, Jacks, who I hired in Raleigh before that I found him, he was doing nights in Knoxville. I hired him. I said, I want you to come do mornings in Raleigh. He's like, I've never done mornings before. I was like, well, come on, let's do it. Um, so, you know, just finding and listening uh, as that radio listener is like, you know, did you make me laugh? Did you make me feel something? You know, what is, what is that? What, what emotion did you elicit from me? You know, and, and then being able to coach. Yeah. So I think now at this point in the interview, we've learned what a show off you are because now I'm adding to the list, you know, uh, critique talent in the car, do air check. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, after four years, actually more than four years with Curtis Media Group, how did you find your way to Cox Media Group and Jacksonville, Florida? So I had uh, been approached by Cox a couple of times over the years for different positions and just conversations and stuff like that. And, and the timing was never right. Um, and I've once again, you know, I'm so thankful that all of the jobs that I've had in radio um, came looking for me, which I, which was, is so, I'm fortunate. so humbled by that. So fortunate by that. 
Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they came and, and literally it started as a text message that said, do you want to uh, run Jacksonville two palm tree emojis? I remember these things. Uh, and the day I got that, my wife and I put an offer in on a new house in Raleigh, North Carolina. We were looking to get a bigger house. And I remember sending back, hey, thanks again for reaching out, but probably, you know, not the right time. You know, appreciate you guys always thinking of me. Uh, and then that night we didn't get the house. Uh, and so I texted him back. I said, Hey, I'm probably still not interested, but at least I, you know, we're not buying a new house now so we can have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and we had the conversation. And then like a week later, I came in for a market visit and I remember flying home, uh, you know, after a couple of days here in Jacksonville. And I said to my wife, um, I think if they offer me this job, I think we should really consider taking it. I was like, I, I really liked it. I wasn't expecting to like the people and like the city and everything yeah. you know, in three days. Uh, and then they offered me the job. And then within like three weeks, we were packing up our house. We still sold our house. We didn't buy another one in Raleigh. We ended up buying one down here uh, in the height of the crazy market sight unseen. I didn't even see our house we bought where I'm sitting now until we closed on it. Uh, I know that feeling. It was, it was, it was crazy. And you know, it was, it was, it was the right, it turned out to be, the absolute right thing I needed at the right time. Excellent. And you're not really a job hopper, which is something that I notice. It's like, even when you pull your gravitational pull pulls you away from something, you're like, ah, no, I want to do that. And then, you know, if it's right, you feel it. Do you have a mentor in programming, by the way, John? Uh, Sue O'Neill, who originally hired me, I, you know, when I was looking at this job, I thought she was the one of the first people I called in radio. Um, mm -hmm. To talk to, you know, I talk to her regularly and stuff like Tony Loreno, um, you know, to connect with him pretty regularly. Um, but lot, lots of people, you know, I'm a big, good, people. good, you know, I love networking and, and, you know, just sort of having that uh, shared connection that we're all in this, you know, small little microcosm industry um, and, and having, you know, that those relationships with people because that's a lot of what our industry is about, the relationship. Please, Judd, I, I tell talent all the time that every person on this planet is connected, that yeah. once you realize that, then you have the ability to communicate with them and really make a difference. Listen, let's talk about this. Um, how much does community involvement and heart matter to a top 40 station today? Huge. Huge. I, I, I think that's, you know, a, a huge piece of it is, you know, it separates us from every, a lot of other media consumption areas is that community piece. And we just did our, our toy drive on Friday. And, you know, I, I consider a ton of different things community. It's not just charity, but, you know, cool contests we do with our listeners. I am always talking to talent about touches. How are we going to touch our listeners, whether it's uh, a thank you note or a, uh, you know, at an event, making sure we're talking with them or doing charity and being out there and, you know, being at parades and doing all these different things, huge on that community piece and, and living and breeding, you know, breathing the, the area that you're in um, mm -hmm. for not only because it's what we should be doing. And honestly, how I believe, you know, radio was created to sort of be that community piece, um, you know, when we strip everything back to whenever, you know, all the radio started. Um, but I also think it's so important, you know, to know what's going on in your market, in your city and, and have that vibe and that feel of what's going on. 
for programming and being on the air and, and you know doing all those things. I think it's I think it's another number one thing. Yeah, listen, you hear a lot of people talk about live and local, and I'm always striking out to say, stop doing that. Stop saying it's live and local because the real ingredient is being relational. And you just talked about all of it, whether you're in a parade, what you're doing is you're showing up for people. You're showing up. When you send a thank you note, that says that you care about that person. When you do something extraordinary that gets noticed, it's a big deal. When you know what's happening in your community, that means you have a relationship with that community. Listen, you have received some really good encouragement. Of course, we're going to talk about encouragement. You show up on a podcast that's got encouragement in our name. But but you've been encouraged during your programming career, including not just from your employees, people that are that are on your team, but you've been named to Radio Inc.'s best program directors list. Listen to this. I know you know already, but I'm just telling everybody else. 2020, 2021, and 2022. Does this kind of thing motivate you to work harder, uh, to become even better? How does it affect you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. I um, I mean, I remember when I first made the Radio Inc. list and then seeing like the people that sort of flanked my position on the pages. I was like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm like in line with, with these people that I, you know, right. as I became sort of in programming, like, you know, grew up, you know, looking to and what they do with their radio stations and everything. It was so cool. And, you know, I, I've been, I hawk a lot at the college conferences I talk to. It's like, go and get your roses and go look for those opportunities to, um, you know, get that recognition. You know, I, when I was in at Fredonia in college radio, we won a bunch of awards through the IBS conference, which is the intercollegiate broadcasting system. Um, we run a, a bunch of things and I won uh, best on air talent in the nation two years in a row with them, which then caught the eyes of the New York times who was writing an article about college radio. And then the New York Times Center reported to Fredonia and spent two days with me and wrote an whole article about our college radio station. And I remember like, how cool was that? I was a junior in college and like I was just in the New York Times. And I remember like five years later, I was talking to a high school class uh, and the um, in Raleigh and I was in their textbook. I was like, I the the excerpt from the article was in the textbook, uh, which was crazy. So you know those in the Radio Week and some you know the Buffalo Business First thirty under thirty and the Jacksonville yeah. Business Journal forty under forty things I've applied for. You know, I I look for those things as you know great opportunities for you know myself to you know hopefully you know get some recognition and and everything, but also I absolutely get you know, a drive out of those, of, of yeah. you know, taking that and, and, you know, wanting to be the best person that I can be so that I am eligible to be, get these honors and be named those things. Yeah. And what's really interesting is even talking about those awards and those kind of things, you, you just slip in I, and I don't get the feeling you're doing it on purpose. It's just part of your DNA, the giving back that you're doing, where you go and speak in front of other people and you talk about, you know, this is how you, this is how you grow. This is how you get ahead. Listen, let's yeah. turn our attention to this. You are, and I'm going to try to say this correctly this time, not like before when I said it in reverse, but there's such great words. You are the director of branding and programming with Cox Media Group in Jacksonville. Tell us about your stations. The WAP uh, legendary 
station in Jacksonville in the top 40 market and, you know, for the nation. Um, so honored to get to lead this brand with, you know, with my people and everything. Um, and, and so cool to, to come to a station very much like how I started WKC in Buffalo, which has been in the market forever and everyone knows it. Um, so, so cool with that and, and, you know, the top 40 and all the crazy fun things we get to do with contests and promotions and events and stuff like that. And then WEZI, which is easy one of 2.9, uh, 80s, 90s, and more sort of an uh, uh, AC station that doesn't play many currents, but 80s based AC. Um, that's, you know, this big office station. When I, so I took over, I, I was originally brought here to run easy uh, and then, or brought here to run eight and then picked up easy. Um, and when I took over easy, it was, I think like 11th or 12th in the, in the market. And this year we're going to finish one or two, 25, 54 persons. And that's just been such nice. a labor of love to take this station, um, with exceptional talent, uh, on both of my brands, but, you know, market talent that's been here, you know, Matt Ray, who does middays on easy, like, I think he, you know, helped found Jacksonville when we came together, mm-hmm. you know, he's known everybody and then you know just all these you know people of new people like dex and barbie t it's been it's so fun to work alongside these you know amazing talents and, and learn from them you know learn absolutely from them and their shared experiences and their different markets and, and everything and you know i you mentioned before about you know talking to students and everything like you know i i think that comes to a passion for me because that's really who i am is i'm i am constantly learning i i love to be that sponge and um, you know, spend time with the sales managers. You know, I in Raleigh, I had a great sales manager that would go through the numbers with me and, and help me understand that side of the business. Um, yes. Because I'm I'm not that math numbers person. I'm I'm not. Um, and it used to totally freak him out because he was like that spreadsheet guy, as a lot of business people are, and I'm not. And so I'd mm-hmm. come in and you know paint him this picture of clouds, and he'd look at me, and then I'd you know put it in his columns and boxes on Excel and then he gets sure. um yeah. but you know he took the time to teach me the other stuff which is so you know I felt like that made me an even better programmer because now I understood that side of the business and and yes. how that thing goes into what I'm doing and and me making this science and art mesh you know made me that much of a stronger programmer. So you know I think it's it, there's so much in that branding and programming title um that and- those are two really big words that you know encompass a ton of what we do, but, you know, we're also all in sales and we're all in coaching and we're all in, yes. you know, therapy for, you know, being that person, you know, when you're, when you're in this chair, you, there's times where you're dealing with people who are going through things and you gotta, you know, you gotta be there. And and I have a lot of conversations and I, I say to talent all the time, um, you know, do you want me to respond as your leader or as a friend? you know, or, or as a mentor and stuff like that. And I've had a lot of conversations with people um, who's like, let's not talk about this. Like I'm, you know, your boss technically, like, let's talk about this one-on-one as, you know, you know, as we're, you know, friends and stuff like that to, to get that along. There's, you know, so many facets that comes to being the director of, you know, branding and programming. Absolutely. And by the way, that can be, uh, if you're like me, it can be like a salesperson come in for a little bit of therapy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, because they're, they're talent too, right? Okay, yeah. so let's talk about talent for a minute. For you, what is the key to talent coaching, and what is the biggest responsibility of the coach? Uh, 
for me, my biggest responsibility is not to tamp uh, down so hard that it cuts off creativity. You know, when we hired, you know, I hired these on their talent or, or they were here, they're hired because they are true on their talents. They're true creatives and stuff like that. I look at coaching as um, being that guide. And, and a lot of times when I do coaching is, you know, I, I set it up where the air talent's like coaching themselves. It's like, it's like, a, it's like guided meditation through here. We're, we're going through this together. And, and I talk a lot about this and you know, we listen to a break and we'll go, okay, you know, let, what are three different ways we could have delivered that break? And then we'll talk about, okay, which, which way of these three ways, the way you did it, A, B, or C, you do think is the best and, and being sort of that talent. I think part of that is how I was coached by different people coming up and, you know, finding what I liked and whatever. And, and I ask talent all the time about how, you know, what's the best way for me to communicate coaching for you? Um, but one thing I know I don't do with coaching, um, and this came from being uh, coached this way when I was coming up, uh, was hotline PDing. Like, you'll never, yeah. uh, Jack will never hear from me in the moment unless it's like an amazing break. Like, I, I will text, you know, Jack sort of be like, just heard this break or whatever. So good. Never yeah. coaching in it because I remember being that, you know, 20 year old kid who had the PD text or call in and then, feeling on eggshells the whole rest of the shift because of something a mess up something like that so um, right and they're not even listening anymore but you're all freaked out because you had that experience yeah yeah so so you know i do a lot of, you know a lot of my coaching is you know guided through together and talking through things and realizing that you know there's really not a right or wrong way um to you know be that on-air personality you know and that's cut and dry like that um, it's yeah. a myriad of things and, you know, I see things different ways and, in, in sort of coaching the mechanics and, and explaining why we do things, you know, I'm probably more open than some with, you know, going into media monitors with talent and looking at ratings with talent and, and, you know, making sure that they, they understand why I say some of the things I do. Um, because, you know, I want to empower my talent to, make the best on the on the fly decisions because that's what we do in, in radio it's, it's you know the medium that you know it's not like tv or radio or tv or newspaper we can do things instantly um yes. so i want them to have the knowledge and the trust in themselves um done you know to be able to make those calls quick and you know sort of have that foundational understanding of of things when we do our coaching nice okay so now i'm going to put you under a lot of pressure but you you love pressure don't you um 23 seconds. Tell us what it's like to hold a Marconi Award for one of your radio stations. It Go. was absolutely wild to hold the Marconi and, and stand up on the stage. We'll sit in the audience and be called up on stage knowing that we are competing against New York and Atlanta and San Francisco. Um, it was the most surreal moment that I've had in my career and maybe will have in my career. Nice. Listen, you've worked for some really good companies with some really great people. You seem to be really committed to always sharpening your skills across time. Always tell people uh, winning once, that's a thing. It's really exciting. But winning across time, that's the thing. What's your ambition today? In other words, what, what do you think you want to do in the future? I want to keep growing. I mean, I tell everybody that, you know, I'm going to keep doing this 
as long as I'm having fun. Uh, and right now I'm having a blast. Um, nice. And so, you know, I just want to continue to grow and win and have an effect on the markets that I'm in and the people that I'm working with. Um, you know, it's, you know, not only for me, do I see the success in having the number one radio station or winning a Marconi, um, but also the success in my people that, you know, may go on and win awards themselves or be number one in their day part or get a different job. Like, you know, I just had a on a talent, Abby Murphy, who was doing mornings for me uneasy, um, who's now co-hosting the Burt show in Atlanta. And, you know, sad that I lost her. She, I, you know, loved working with her. So excited about the opportunity that she got to go work on the bird show. Well, also um, because everybody knows that that is a real, that's a big honor. Huge honor. Yeah. So and, and know, look, when when your people are successful, you're successful. Yeah. Even if they leave you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, a lot of people don't like to think like that, but it's really true. If if you have the best interest of your people. At heart, they can tell that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And then I, you know, that's why I look at at winning. You know, I love to win. Love to, you know, have those things. And I think a win looks so many different ways, um, and different to different people. Um, so you know, when I win, or my stations win, or my people win, that's what gets me excited. Um, and and I'm so so thankful that I've had some really remarkable wins in my career uh and i'm excited for that to continue so that you know that's sort of the roundabout answer what i want to do is i don't you know i don't know what is going to be the next job i always tell people and you talked about not career hopping you know my goal is to never you know get a job and be looking to the next like you know i could be in jacksonville for another year or another 20 years i don't know depends on on what comes away but right now you know i just look for those you know those wins and those you know those moments that it's like you know yeah we're doing something cool. We, we've done something. We've done something awesome. You know, I haven't asked you this, but I'm sure this is true about you. I'm sure that you also think that a win is ex- having a talent experience growth where they see it. Yes. Yeah, Huge. absolutely. Yeah, bringing, bringing a talent through. And, and I'm seeing this with Ian, the, the morning show producer. He does nights for me, too. And, you know, he had never been on the air. And we put on nights and. You know, we are checked like every day for his first like three months, you know, getting there. And he just said the other day to me about how, um, you know, how he listens to things now and how, how proud he is of like what he hears and stuff like that. Um, and that's so cool for me too. It's like, you know, I, you know, hear him and it's like, he's doing it. Like <laughs> he's doing everything yeah. we talked about. Like, we're, we're getting it. Um, and so that's so, you know, that's so fun. And, and yeah, like I said, wins come every shape and size. And, and I, you know, I always love to celebrate even the smallest of wins. I think that's uh, important. That's exactly right. And look, uh, you, you haven't said this, but I'm going to insert this in here too. The power of purpose is huge in a culture. And you just mentioned your night guy seeing the, the purpose, his purpose, his purpose in making that contribution to something that is greater than he is actually Pretty awesome. So now comes the big test. We always say that this is the one question that like there's no charge to be on our program, but we kind of slam you with a charge at the end anyway. Mm-hmm. And it is a emotional charge. And here it is. We want to talk about the future. Nobody knows the future. You know this. I know this. 
but we're sure not going to miss an opportunity to put you on the hot seat for it. If you could control what actually happens to local radio as time marches on, what do you think you would like for local radio to become? Love for local radio to become and maintain its community connection. I think that is what sets us apart uh, and has the most profound ability to elicit change in someone's life. Um, you know, and, and have being able to be, you know, not just stay live and local, but be out and doing things, whether it is when there's some devastating thing and you're out collecting water or you're, you know, something as big as that, that, you know, is a true need or somebody's having a bad day in their car and you make a joke about the traffic on the, you know, Buckman bridge that they're stuck in. Um, and that, you know, just sort of, you know, takes them for a second, just to snap out of the doldrums. I think that's so important. Um, yes. And, you know, I, I think that that is what is going to continue to let radio win, but not only win, but prosper is that uh, that investment in locality, whatever that may look like and, and however that can look like to, you know, broadcasters of all shapes and sizes, um, but maintaining that true essence of the community that you are in and broadcasting in, um, I think is the most important thing. So exciting for us to talk to somebody like you. Judd, thank you for spending this time away from your family and with us and being such a great guest. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, please don't take for granted what we're doing here and help us by sharing this episode from our website at BrainMakerPathway.com. You just go in there, look in the free blog section. There it is. It'll have it'll have Judd's picture. Okay. And unfortunately mine too, but whatever. And it's right there for you. You just kind of grab the link, share it in your social media with others who are interested in growing their careers in radio and audio. This episode of the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast is designed just like the other 140 plus that are already in our archive to encourage radio pros at all levels. I definitely want to thank uh, Judd Heisler for a, a director of branding and programming, WAPE, and W-E-Z-I, Jacksonville, Florida, for being our guest. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, uh, which we make available minutes after this interview closes, and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. We say this all the time on our podcast. I say it to clients regularly. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. I mean it. If you've got questions about this philosophy, please pick up the phone, call me. I'd love to hear from you. It is my passion to tell you about it. I love to prove it to clients every day. Please remember this. If you don't remember anything else from this podcast episode, be kinder than you have to be. Thanks for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. Now, go make it a great week in local radio.